Okay, the topic of today's session is discussing the roots of the challenges that uh, and the struggles that a Yeshiva Bachar faces um, in today's generation. And the truth is, um, we could really break down the, the different types of struggles into two parts. And I'll start maybe with the words that I heard one time, B'Shem Satmar Rebbe Zatzal, that he was speaking about Averis that people do. Unfortunately, people are nichshal sometimes in Averis. And the Satmar Rebbe Zatzal said that there are certain Averis that if a person was over, so he has to be mispalal. He has to daven, Ta'kadosh Baruch Hu, Slach Luni, Slach Lonu, forgive me for this Avera. But the Satmar Rebbe said that there are certain Averis that a person has to be mispalal, not Slach Lonu, Rather, a person has to daven refa'enu. Because sometimes a person does an Avera because he has Yitzhahara, and he was nichshal in Avera. And sometimes a person does an Avera because there's something sick, there's something in his neshama, in his nefesh, that needs a refua. So for those type of Averas, you have to daven refa'enu. I would say we could similarly break down, if we discuss the different struggles of a yeshiva bacher, and I'm talking about yeshiva bacher, it's very possible, that's what I deal with, but it's very possible, similar things with girls also, but if we break down the struggles of a yeshiva bacher, we could also break it down into two parts, there are certain struggles, which we could call standard, regular struggles, that a yeshiva bacher faces, specifically in our generation, and we have to look for the proper tools, and strategies, and methods to be mechazek and try to help, try to help him help himself, face and cope with the struggles that he's dealing with. And there's another category in the struggles, which is a category of refa'inu. There are certain things that Rahman al-Atzlan, Bachrim, people face, certain challenges and struggles is due to a, a choyli, a certain sickness, a choyli nefesh, something sick is in the shama, in his nefesh, that really needs a refuah. The real main topic, of course, of the Shabbos is of the second part, of the struggles that deal with more refa'inu, the struggles and the challenges that go, that a lot of children, a lot of people are going through, which is coming, the roots of it is a, is, they need a refuah, is refa'inu. That's the real main topic, of course, of the Shabbos, but it was decided to discuss also at least in the beginning, some of the regular struggles that are not necessarily the makar, the root of them is not a choyli, the root is not something that needs a refuah. The regular standard struggles that a yeshiva bachar goes through, and maybe sometimes by understanding and giving them the kalim, the tools, how to deal with it, how to face these struggles and these challenges, that could avoid and prevent it from leading to the type of struggles and challenges that are refa'inu, that they really need a refuah. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to talk about. The standard, not the refa'inu, the very deep refa'inu type struggles and challenges. Rather, we'll call the more standard <coughs> struggles and challenges that Yeshiva Bachar might face. It's well known that every generation is faced with unique nisyonis, unique challenges, unique yetzaharas, that in a different generation, it might not be an issue at all. For, for example, in the early 1900s in America, 
So there was a very big Nisoyim of Shmira Shabbos. If a person had a job and he wouldn't show up on Shabbos, that's it. Someday he has to look for a new job again. And it was a real Nisoyim. Either a job, al parnasa, food on my table, or Shabbos. And it was a real Nisoyim for people. And there was a real problem. That was the Nisoyimist of the early 1900s in, a, in America, in New York. That's not the Derech Lal, the Nisoyim, in our generation. In, in Europe, pre-war Europe, there was a great Nisoyim, <coughs> a great Yitzhahara in yeshivas of Haskalah. There was a real, a real danger that a bocher, especially the smart, intellectual bocherim, could be chopped up and from the reform movement, from Askala. That was the Nisoyan then, amongst other Nisoyanists. That's not the Nisoyan or the Yitzhahara of our generation. That's not what we're dealing with. But every generation has its unique Nisoyanists, its unique challenges. What's the Nisoyan for a child growing up in our generation? What's the Nisoyan for... Um, a yeshiva bocher in our generation. What's the unique Yitzhahara and the Sayyid? So of course the first thing that would come to everybody's mind, what's the unique Nisoyin, what's the unique Yitzhahara in our generation is in Yonam of Kiddusha. Our children, there's so much exposure to so many inappropriate things. It's exposure whether just walking down the street. It's exposure in all different forms of technology what they're able to see, what they have access to, what's available. And that's Kiddusha. That's a tremendous Yitzhahara and a tremendous issue of our generation. The hallmark, a great hallmark of Kal Yisrael was always the Kiddusha. And those walls of Kiddusha are crumbling in front of our eyes. And that's for sure a tremendous Nisoyen and a tremendous Yitzhahara that our youth, and not only our youth, Everyone is dealing with and struggling with. But <coughs> if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave that as the Nisoyen of our Dar, this Nisoyen of the Dar before Amit Hashem, it's called Ikfas of the Meshicha, Rabbi Seinu, the Gedayla Yisrael already revealed years ago that we're living in Ikfas of the Meshicha. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave such a, a strong Nisoyen, such a difficulty, such a Yitzhahara that so many people are struggling with and dealing with, and it's and it's staring and bothering so many people, there has to be a way, has to be some tools how to deal with it. What are, what are those tools? And we all know saying no, forbidding it, and not allowing it, that doesn't work in the generation that we're living in. So what are the tools? What are we supposed to do? Like it says in the Gemara. What are we supposed to do facing the tremendous amount of availability um, and 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 and, and and, and, and of all the pirza in the walls of Kedusha that we're facing, that Klal Yisrael is facing, what, what could be, what could be the tools to deal with this? So I want to say a few ideas that I noticed from my experience dealing with Bachram, and I think it's a very, very important thing. There's an interesting thing, I'll start like this. There's a very interesting thing. I saw once in, in one of the Sfarim that brought down the Torah of the Vilna Goin, that he also, even though he lived over 200 years ago, but he also spoke about that in the last door before Mashiach comes, there'll be specific Yetzirah, like every generation has, and there'll be a Yetzirah of the last door before Mashiach comes, the door of Ikfas and the Mashiach. And, and what did the Gras say? What did the Vilna Gain say? What is that Yetzirah? 
you'll be surprised. He didn't say Kedusha. He didn't say technology. He didn't say seeing and being involved in inappropriate things. He said something else. The Groh said that the main Nesoyen and Yitzhahara of the generation before Mashiach comes is Yitzhahara of Dvorim Betelem. Dvorim Betelem, in one place he also says, together with Lashon Hara. Dvorim Betelem means Dvorim Betelem, just being involved in nothingness. Instead of learning Bittal Torah, not learning, which is important, significant things, being involved in nothingness, Dvorim Betelem. And also he says in one place, says Lashon Hara. Now, Dvorim Betelem, Bittal Torah is a very important thing. Lashon Hara, of course, is a terrible thing. But how could the Groh, if he's speaking about the Nisyonis, the challenges of the last door before Mashiach, how could he leave out the most obvious thing that all people are dealing with right here in front of our eyes, the Inyonim of Kedusha? How could the Groh leave that out? So I want to explain something very deep. The Gemara says that, I'm going to talk about Lashon Hara for a second. The Gemara says that Lashon Hara is a unique Avera. It's different than other Averas. Normal Averas that a person does, it's because he has Hanof from it. He enjoys it. Whatever it might be, all Averas involve some type of enjoyment. The Gemara says, on Lashon Hara, there's no enjoyment. Ma Hano Lebal HaLashon. What Hano does the Bal HaLashon have? There's no Hano. The Gemara compares it just like a, a, the Nachash, a snake, has no Hano from its food. It eats Offer, it's dirt. So, also, he has no anna. There's no enjoyment from saying Lashon Hara. So if there's no enjoyment, so why do people say Lashon Hara? What's the big thing? And Lashon Hara is a major problem, especially in the generation that we're living with. Especially with all the social media, Lashon Hara has, has taken a turn for the worse over the last 10 years. Why do people say Lashon Hara? Sometimes people do feel good about the Lashon Hara that they say. But the Gemara says there's no Anna in Lashon Hara. People don't enjoy it. The answer is as follows. And here, here's the point. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created every single person with a need. He has an emotional need. A Tzoyrech Nafshi, a need to feel good about himself. To feel successful. A person has a need, a thirst to feel good about himself, to feel successful, to feel matzliach. And it's very good that Hashem gave that to us, because that's what really motivates us to, to, to succeed. That motivates us to do something. We don't want to feel a failure. We don't want to feel a loser. We want to feel matzliach. We want to feel successful. So we all have that need, a thirst. A person is created by nature. That is a thirst. I want to feel good. I want to feel good. I want to feel successful. Let's say you have a person that for whatever reason, he doesn't feel it. He doesn't feel any success in what he's doing. He doesn't feel atzlocha. He doesn't feel good about what he's doing. So he has this thirst, he has this need, I must feel successful, and it's not coming to any fulfillment. He's not filling it up. So what does he do? Such a person is in danger of turning to Lashon Hara. Why? Lashon Hara is an artificial way of feeling good about yourself. I have nothing, I couldn't find anything that I'm doing to feel good about, so I'll look around by everybody else, I'll see his problem, I'll see his problem, I'll see his problem, I'll see her problem, I'll emphasize it in my mind, not only that, I'll talk about it to other people, and I'll see their problem as if, Kilo, I don't have it, and by that, 
to fill that need of feeling okay about yourself. That's the danger of Lashon An empty person needs to say Lashon Hara. Someone who's full and he feels good about himself, he feels great, he has no need not only to speak the words of Lashon Hara, he has no need to see everyone else's problems. Why do I see all these other problems in everybody else? And then, more than that, the need to share it with other people also. Why is that? That's because one who's empty inside needs to find this artificial way of filling himself up also. That's what the gra, that's what the Vilna Gain really meant, maybe, in the depth that the Yitzhahara of our generation is the Yitzhahara he brought in, one of the things he brought in was Lashonara. It's not just the saying of Lashonara, that's terrible. But the Yitzhahara of our generation, the Nisoyan of our generation, is the feeling of detachment, the feeling of emptiness, the lack of fulfillment that we get from our Yiddishkeit. There could be many, many people that are doing the motions very well. They could be davening, they could be learning. I'm talking about those that are in yeshiva, davening and learning. But they're disconnected. They're not feeling it. They're doing the chitzonius. Externally, they're doing the motions. But the panemius is running on empty. And when the panemius is running on empty, we're in a problem. Because they're going to search and look for something else to fill that need, that need of feeling okay about themselves. And that sometimes can be Lashonara. Together with that is also what the Gro called Dvarim Betelem. Dvarim Betelem, and especially the Nesoyen that we were speaking about before, of Inyanim of Kidusha, of Taiva, of inappropriate things, that's, that's a major problem in the generation. It's not a Yitzhahara only of Taiva. It's not just the Indian of Taiva. Taiva, and I have to go do that. That's not just what it is. It's something much deeper. Somebody who feels unaccomplished inside of himself, he feels empty, he's running on empty inside of himself, he's going to search to try to fill himself up on something. For one person, it might be by knocking everyone else so I feel like something, and by other people, it will turn to other artificial things of filling themselves up and making them feel good. And that's the inappropriate things that they might turn to. The main Yitzhahara, the main Nisoyan, the main struggle, I wouldn't identify as a struggle of Taiva. That's maybe what brings them there, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is the running on empty. If you would have a person that felt close to what he's doing, he felt accomplished from what he's doing, he felt full from what he's doing, he already has the tools that are necessary to withstand the tremendous Nisoyim that's around him. Someone who's running on empty, and he's offered something right in front of his face, with a click of a button, with just walking down the street, something that could give him that momentary, artificial feeling of good, so, what can he do? But if we're able to instill in ourselves, and in our children, a feeling of accomplishment, they're full, and they're accomplished, and they're matzliach, and they're satisfied with themselves, it's still not easy. There's still things going on around them. But they already have the tools, they have the kalim to be mismoider, to deal with it. They have the kalim. They're full. They don't have that thirst of just filling themselves up on nothing. Whether it's dvar betalim, the eager problem of all the taiva around us is a dvar betalim problem. Filling yourself up on nothing
instead of being full on what a person really needs to be full of, his Yiddishkeit, his Torah, and his mitzvahs, his davening, that really has the potential of filling us up and giving us the, 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 the ability to fight against this Nisoyen and stand up to this Nisoyen and this Sahara. That's the Indian of the Nisoyen of Awadar. So if you want to identify, and I'm going to speak about it more, the roots of, of, of what our Bachram, what our children, and sometimes us also, are struggling with, is the feeling of connection, the feeling of panemius. So many people are doing the acts, doing the motion, but they're lacking the panemius. They have the chitzonius without the panemius. They have the, they're disconnected from what they're doing. And because of that, they have no tools to deal with everything that's going on. So what's unique about this generation, I think, is this disconnect, and I see it so many times by Bochrim. You could have a Bochor. I'm talking about Bochor about doing the right thing. They're learning, they're davening, and they're doing the right thing. They want to do the right thing. But they're, 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 they're disconnected very often. It's an interesting thing. I remember when I was a Bochor in Yeshiva um, 30, 35 years ago, so there were, there were, there were different kinds of Bochor. There were some Bochum that were really great Bochum. They learned good, they davened properly, they did good things. And they, that's all they did. They wouldn't be caught ever going to a movie and things like that. And the other boys who weren't so good, and they would go, they would go do things that are inappropriate. It was two classes. And there's something that I've seen over the years, not just me. You could have a Bochum that sits and learns three star a day. Three star a day, he learns, and he's serious about his learning. And he learns well. And he even comes to davening. But after all of those three starim, he'll go back to wherever he is, and he'll do things that are inappropriate. The same bach that's doing the good things are doing those things that are inappropriate afterwards. As far as I know, when I was younger, that was not so common. The ones who were doing, and I mean, everyone always had things that they had to deal with, but that that would be kilo my shita. That's the way of my life. I learned three starim a day, and I do what I want at night, or ben azmanim, or other times. I do, I do what I want then also, and the thing, two things could coexist. That wasn't so common a while ago. What changed? I think, and also more than that, the Mesil Sesharim says, and it speaks about in a lot of Svarim, that there's a very important Yisoid, which is called Hapinimius, Ma'oyeres Achitsoinius. The Mesil Sesharim says that usually, who are the people that keep the Torah and keep the mitzvahs with zrizus, with kishmak, with enjoyment, are the people who have inside of them a very strong desire and a fire in their heart towards Torah and mitzvahs. Those are the people that are doing it. And the fire inside his heart will cause him to do the davening and the learning and the mitzvahs with kishmak and enjoy it. But as Yosef Shalom says, it could go the opposite way also. If a person in his heart is not ignited, his heart is dull, his heart is not so into it, if he would do the pu'ulois hachitzoinis, he would do the outward, outside actions with cheshek, with geshmak, with fire, that will also ignite the fire in his heart. The chitzoinis is ma'oyer the pinimis. Mr. Shab speaks it a lot of times. So how could it be? How could you have a bocher? That's learning three star a day, and this is unfortunately common. Not not everybody, of course, is wonderful bachem that are tzaddikim through and through. 
But there is a common thing of a person who could be doing the right thing. He's doing the chitonius. So why isn't it ma'or as it's panemius? Why doesn't it ignite the fire in his heart and help him not be, be help him be oimid in the soyan when it comes to the night, when it comes to benazmanim? The answer is because it's true. Chitsoinius is ma'ira panemius. That's if there is a panemius. If there's a panemius, if there's a connected panemius towards what you're doing, but it's not in fire, then what you do will ignite it, that spark, and put it on fire. But if there is no spark, if everything I'm doing is chitsoinius, if all I'm doing is chitsoinius, all I'm doing is just because that's what you do, that's what you gotta do. Otherwise I'll be in trouble, otherwise my baby will be angry, otherwise my parents will be angry, I'm just doing because what I have to do. And I have no spark of pneumius, so the chitsoinius has nothing to do. A person's chitsoinius could be ma'oris pneumius if he has the connection, he has the base connection. Then it's ma'oris, then it puts it on fire, it'll take the spark and ignite it on fire. But a lot of people now are even missing that spark. And it's all chitsoinius. That's what it is. I've spoken this about in public to Bachram in Yeshiva many times, and they're all just nodding their head. The Bachram a lot of times feel, even though they're doing the right thing, but there are a lot of people that feel the lack of panemius, the lack of that spark of the panemius. So what do we do? If that's identifying the issue, the disconnect, the emptiness, the not fulfillment in what we're doing, so what's the Eitzah? What's the Eitzah? How do, how do we deal with that? I want to say over a very, very interesting thing that I saw brought down, B'Shem HaGoyin Ramesha Sternbach Shlita. Ramesha Sternbach is a great-great-grandson of the Vilna Goyin, and he spoke out a Kabbalah that he has about a story, a famous story that happened with the Gra, the Vilna Goyin, and his Talmud Reb Chaim Velozhner. Reb Chaim Velozhner, as, as is well known, he is the father of the yeshiva system that we have now in the world. The yeshiva system is based on what Reb Chaim Velozhner set up, and before he decided to open his first yeshiva in Velozhner, he went to his Rebbe, the Gra, and he asked him permission. Could I open a yeshiva? He wanted to open a yeshiva with a dormitory and, um, and a yeshiva like we know it today. And the Gra refused. And he said, no, you can't open a yeshiva. It's not the way to do it. And then Chaim left. He didn't open a yeshiva. He came back a year later and he again asked the Gra. And the way it goes is the Gra cried by the conversation with Chaim Velazhin. He cried. And then he agreed and Chaim opened his yeshiva, yeshiva's Velazhin. What happened over there? One year he said no, came back, he cried, and then he agreed. What happened? So there's different versions. Ramesha said that he has a Kabbalah in his family that what happened was like this. Before Rebchaim Velozhin opened his yeshiva in Velozhin, so how was they read the Antalmud? There was no yeshiva's mamish. There was not maybe, but the system wasn't like it was. What was it now? It was in every city, in every town in Europe, there was a Rav. And the Rabbanim then were very, very big Talmudim. And if there would be a child, wherever he lived, that was capable to be a Talmud and to become great in his learning, they would send, his parents would send them to learn by that Rav. Learn by that Rav, that Yeshiva. Where would the children stay? Where would the Talmudim stay? In the house of the Rav. And he would, they would eat by the meals of that Rav. And they would live with him as part of the family. 
And Manila, they would also spend the day learning Torah with him also. And that's the way the Torah was passed on from Rebbe to Talmud. It wasn't an institution of the yeshiva. It was in the framework of the family living together with the Rav, eating with the Rav, living with the Rav, like the Rav's children, like the Rebbe's children. And through that, he gave over the Torah. The Grah said, if you're opening the yeshiva, you're institutionalizing the Mesira Satorah. The Torah can't be given over that way. The Torah has to be given over that the relationship between a Rebbe and a Talmud is like the relationship of a father and a son. Meshinantem levanecha, elu ha-talmidim. Chazal tell us that Talmidim are also called Banim. If you stick the Talmidim into institution called the Yeshiva, and you give Shigurim and you teach them Torah, where's the Banim? You teach them Torah, where's the Banim? The derech of Mesir HaSatoyah has to be Vashanamtum Levanecha Elo Talmidim. And that's the way it was then. The Talmud came and Imamish lived with the Rebbe. He was part of the Rebbe's life. The Rebbe was totally part of his life all the time. And that's the way he grew and he grew in Torah. And the Gra wasn't masking him to open Yeshiva that way. And he sent him away. Reb Chaim came back a year later and what happened? This is what Moshe said. Reb Chaim told him that true what the Vilna Goyen said is true, but there's a danger if we're not going to take action now, it's not happening. What the Vilna Goyen saw as the ideal way of Mithira Satoira is not happening. And, and less people are sending Talmidim to learn by the Rebbe's, and there's a danger that the Torah will be forgotten. And this is what has to be done. The yeshiva has to be opened. When the Groh heard that, he cried. That's what he was crying about. He was crying about this change that's about to take place, instead of the Torah being given over in that framework as Vishinantam Levanecha, it's going to become more institutionalized. And from that he cried, but no choice. And he agreed that he should open the Yeshiva of Elijah. That's what Rameshish Tanbach Shlita spoke out. His Kabbalah, his Messiah on what happened with Rabchaim. If true, Yeshivas now are more institutionalized. It's not the Talmud living by the Rebbe. But when a Talmud is living by a Rebbe, like his son, so then the Talmud is not just learning someone else's Torah. I'll say one more Dvar Torah first. It says in the Pesach in Tehillim, Ki im Hashem the Pesach says first, Ki Hashem A person should want to learn Torah Hashem. Rashi says it's from Chazal. When a fir- person first starts learning, he's learning Torah Hashem. When he invests time and effort into it, and toil, it becomes Torah Soy. It becomes his own Torah. It sounds like Chazal are telling us, there's something lacking in Torah Hashem. It's not good enough to learn Torah Hashem. You have to learn your Torah. What's wrong with Torah Hashem? What could be greater than the Torah Hashem? I'm learning Hashem's Torah. Why does that have to be my Torah? The Torah is because if it's Torah Hashem, it's not you. In order for a person to connect and have the Torah fill his penis, fill himself of success, fill himself with feeling accomplished for himself, the person has to be toirosoi. A person feels success from his own things. He doesn't feel the success from other people's things. If all he's learning is toiras Hashem, 
It's a beautiful thing, but it's not mine. What does that have to do with me? I'm getting a mitzvah, I'm getting schar, very nice. But it's not going to fill my need, my thirst, of filling myself with my own success. And that's why it has to be, It has to be your Torah. When, before the institutionalization of yeshivas, the Torah was Torah it was my life. I'm living with this Rebbe. I'm eating by his table. He's taking care of me like his children. And I'm learning with him. This is Chayenu. This is my Rebbe's life. This is my life. It's all about me. It's not just Torah Sashem. It's me. And because of that, people were more successful. The Gura cried that once the yeshiva is institutionalized, like always people discuss, is this Bachar good for the yeshiva? Is it good for the yeshiva? It's not good for the yeshiva. It damages the yeshiva. It became an entity in and of itself called the yeshiva. But the real, the real focus has to be on the person. It can't be just toiras Hashem. It can't be just toiras yeshiva. It has to be toirasoy yegayom v'loyla. When it's yours, then you'll start feeling the pnimius and the successfulness that a person has from his Torah and from his Yiddishkeit. It's all the same thing. There's a beautiful thing that I saw brought down from the Zayar HaKadosh. The Zayar says that when Avram Avinu wanted to bury his wife's Sarah, so he decided to bury her in Mara Samachtela. The Zayar says, why did he choose Mara Samachtela? Because he saw a light coming out of Mara Samachtela. He saw a light. And he realized this is the place that's Roy for Kfura Sara. He saw that light. And the Zayar asked a very interesting question. Why didn't Ephraim see that light? The Zayar says if Ephraim would have seen that light, he never would have sold the Mara Samachtela. Why, why didn't he see the light? So the Zayar says, because the Mara Samachtela, even though physically Ephraim was there at that point, but it was really a mocker that was destined for Avram Avinu. It was Avram Avinu's place. And the Zayah says, The true beauty of something is only revealed to its owner. Avram Avinu, who was destined to own Marasa Machpelah, he saw something beautiful in Marasa Machpelah. He saw this light. Ephraim was an outsider. He couldn't see it, Bechlal. It's the same thing. If you learn Torah, or if you keep mitzvahs, or if you're Yiddishkeit, it's Torah Hashem. Or Torah Yeshiva, Torah Rebbe, but it's not yours. You'll never see the beauty, and if you don't see the beauty, it won't fill your inner pnimius. It will always remain as something chitzoni, as something distant, important but distant from me. Such a person has the danger of remaining empty, and like we explained before, an empty person looks for other things to fill himself up. So the job what I feel of a Rebbe and of parent is, even though, yes, now yeshivas are institutionalized, but a person has to find the way that the town where the child feels the Torah is Torah Soi. It's his Torah. It's not just the Rebbe's Torah, Hashem's Torah even, the parent's Torah. It has to be Torah Soi, the child's Torah. And sometimes, through the way that the Learning, the Gemara is learnt in yeshivas, people connect to it and they get very involved. Sometimes you have a very, very common problem 
that the derech halimud, what we'll call, that's being taught in yeshivas, there is a percentage of bachrim that they can't connect to it. That way that it's being taught, that lumbers, that depth, doesn't talk to them properly. Sometimes it's because there's not enough personal attention to explain it properly, and sometimes it doesn't um, just talk to them. It doesn't talk to them mamish like it talks to other people. Because of that, they feel empty. A Rebbe, and if not the Rebbe, the parent has the job of showing the Talmud, this is something that is shaykh to you. Even if the, the, the whole depth that you're learning in yeshiva is not exactly your style, but you know the Gemara Rashi Teisvis, you know something that's kvaldig, that's tremendous. Show him that's also Teirasai. Sometimes he feels like an outsider because he doesn't feel that he's connecting to what the yeshiva is exactly offering. We have the job as a Rebbe and parents, if the Rebbe's not doing the job, to help show the child how he can connect and make it Teirasai. And it's not just with the learning. It's with all different parts of Yiddishkeit. Whether it's Shabbos, whether it's davening, whether Yom Toivim, other mitzvahs. Torah soy. It's our Torah. It's the child's Torah. And that's able to give him the kalim of fighting and dealing with all of the Yitzhaharas around him. I want to mention another point that as parents, we're, we're all able to do. What a child sees in the home that he's growing up, what is really, really important to our family? What's our family? Parents are part of the family. What's really, really important to our family? He knows, yeah, his parents, keep all the mitzvahs, but what's really important? Sometimes you can have a family that we're planning a vacation, we're planning a trip, and we're talking about it for weeks and months before, and making all the plans, all the money that's being spent and everything, and plans and talking about it, and it's, it's great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But obviously, if we're spending so much time talking about that, that's important to our family. If we would talk about things in Yiddishkeit that way also, not just, yeah, I, I bought the matzah, and uh, uh, I bought the matzah in this place, about, I went to bake it, I went to watch the baking, I went to observe it, and, and you see that you, the children see that you invest time, interest, money, talking about it, this is important. This is a major topic of our family. An esrik. I'm talking about even before the learning. An esrik. An esrik. You, you bought an esrik, whatever, the shul gave an esrik, I took it, I didn't look at it, and I use it. If a person is involved in this esrik, where did you go to get it? I went to this place, I didn't like it exactly, I brought it to a rope to check it. He said, I could get more mahudr, and it's a whole topic. I spent extra money, I was going to spend this amount, I saw this beautiful one, I decided to spend even more. If that's the talk in the home, so the child identifies himself, oh, this is important. This is not just Torah Hashem. I have to be yotz in my mitzvah, and I'll do it. I have to be yotz in my learning. I'll go do it. This is this is ours. This is our project. This is my father's project. This is my mother's project. This is ours. This is our family's thing. That's not just Torah Hashem. That's Torah Say. That's Torah Say No. Such a person is able to connect to this way in a way of pnimius, in a way of depth, a way of filling himself up of feeling successful and good about himself. So I think if, if we want to identify the root of the tremendous nisyoinus that our youth and our adults are also faced with, the tremendous nisyoinus, the root of the issue is not just taiva. The root of the issue is disconnect, is emptiness. If a person will feel connected 
and full and satisfied and matzliach with what he's doing in his Yiddishkeit, he right away has the tools of dealing with the tremendous nesionis that he's bombarded with all the time. He has to feel that pnimius toirasoi, his own toire eina dover mezgala elalabailav. And that is the job of a Rebbe. In, in lieu of the Rebbe, a parent has to see to it. Whether it's in the learning itself, whether it's in the Yiddishkeit itself, in the whole picture of the Yiddishkeit, this is ours. Once it's ours, it becomes part of the pnimius eina dover mezgala elalabailav, and that gives the tools to deal with the struggles and challenges of our day. This is Avi Fischoff from Twisted Bounding. To be added to my broadcast, please send a WhatsApp request to 718-902-6666.